Welcome to The Wave, where we discuss the wave of AI adoption as it happens with some of the industry's leading experts. Like, subscribe, and share to join the discussion about the future of AI. Hello, everyone. This is Vanessa with Charlie AI, the presenting sponsor of The Wave Podcast where we talk about the influence of AI in the enterprise and the wave of change that the adoption of AI is bringing to the way we do business and live our lives. In this episode, Joel and Patrick discuss enterprise AI and consumer or prosumer AI and the differences and similarities, but most importantly, Joel and Patrick discuss what business leaders must consider when adopting AI at the enterprise. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Wave. The Wave is a podcast where we discuss the wave of AI products being just flooded onto the market, um, as well as the overall wave of AI usage in business, more specifically in the enterprise. Today, we're going to be talking about enterprise AI and consumer-grade or prosumer-grade AI and the ways that they are similar, the ways that they're different, And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we believe business leaders should be thinking about when it comes to employing the use of AI in their business. Um, Joel, great to have you again today. Some big news in the last 10 days or so uh, related to enterprise AI, and I'm excited to dive in today. Hi, Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking forward to it. It's, uh, It's very hard these days sometimes to make sense of the headlines. So I... I hope uh, it, with this discussion we can uh, we can contribute uh, to our audience to have additional context and additional information uh, where we're going to share everything we've learned in the last few months, uh, doing our own homework in deciphering what those headlines mean. So today is early September. By the time that this uh, gets published and posted, it'll probably hopefully still be early September. Um, and the specific headline that we are referring to is the OpenAI announcement about the ChatGPT Enterprise Edition. Um, I would love to give you the floor for a minute here, Joel, and kind of just tell us what did they announce, what does that mean, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, this is a pretty significant announcement. And uh, we are very familiar with uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT in its current iteration, which is a consumer-facing product where anybody on the planet can get an account and start asking questions and generate value with ChatGPT. Again, very impressive. Uh, This is the culmination of both of the the compute evolution, the technology evolution in AI and the data uh, on the internet available to train those models. So that's what has been going into the success of ChatGPT. And now OpenAI has announced an enterprise grade uh, release. So we're gonna talk about what, what that means. Uh, essentially, we have discussed already in the past a lot of the limitations of ChatGPT. Uh, one of them is issues around privacy, issues around the fact that there is uh, not a lot of context or just in, in simple terms, 
ChatGPT doesn't remember very far back uh, what has been done, uh, what has been interacted with with a user. Um, and uh, also some issues with hallucination uh, and, uh, and things of that nature. So what, uh, what this enterprise-grade uh, uh, release provides to companies is a more secure pipe. So it's still going to be publicly available. It's still on a public domain, uh, but the communication is encrypted. So that, that is for at least having nobody being able to um, inter intercept the communications. Now, it's still, uh, it is also not going to be uh, using the data of the company to train the model. Now, that's a, a, a commitment from OpenAI. Uh, this is not something that is uh, handled technically. It's more of a, a commitment that they're not going to do that. They will still be having access to all the data. Um, and some, uh, some additional resource allocation in terms of compute so that uh, the, the performance is going to be uh, more advanced as well as that memory, that context that we talked about on the limitation is going to be also longer. So it's, it's definitely something that is going to be uh, uh, extremely useful for companies. It's going to allow some of the companies that have banned the technology for IP and security and privacy reasons, uh, for some of the applications, it this will address those needs. Um, and so I think it's uh, it's a good thing because it provides a, a really disruptive technology uh, that uh, the whole world is is using and now is going to uh, to be more available to uh, professionals. Uh, to be more effective in their their day to day. So, uh, all in all, I think it's a it's a very positive uh, announcement. Uh, we certainly um, uh, like to see this kind of announcement at uh, at Charlie AI because it uh, it shows the evolution of the market, the evolution of the understanding from our customers of what uh, what is required. Uh, and so, I, I look forward in this uh, in our discussion a little bit further to dig a little bit. Uh, more into now that uh, there is uh, an enterprise grade available, what does that really mean and how does that compare to other enterprise grade solutions out there and how do we how do we make sense of understanding the different levels of enterprise grade? Awesome explanation there. That was that was really I think informative and and, and well said. And what I really agree with is the fact that um, this announcement shows not just OpenAI, but in general, it shows that people are, are willing and ready to use enterprise, uh, excuse me, they're willing and ready to use AI in the enterprise. And it also shows the willingness at OpenAI to maybe we call it enhance their product and make it more usable for different use cases that perhaps it hasn't been for the last, you know, nine months, 10 months. And with that, um, it is also showing that the product itself is evolving and the landscape is evolving as well. Just like we saw with uh, OpenAI's announcement of ChatGPT back in late, late November last year, we then saw a bunch of 
uh, either copycats or bolt-on products being added uh, to the marketplace directly after that. And it, it makes me wonder if we're going to see the same thing again now with more secure and more uh, private or more stable AI products meant for business. While they may not be entire platforms, they could be single-use products or bolt-ons to products. We've seen HubSpot adding um, AI, generative AI, to their products. We've seen Salesforce adding AI, generative AI, to their product. We see companies like Loom um, adding AI transcriptions. Um, Microsoft is adding it into Bing and into all these different products as well. And uh, it's something that we're going to continue to see adding into our daily life, you know, day in, day out. Now, uh, Joel, I don't know if you uh, have any reaction to that, if you've been seeing anything as well. But, you know, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think that uh, our interaction with with customers, we see we see a, a deep evolution where you mentioned all of these. Uh, I'll call them quick integrations of AI into existing product and with a very specific purpose, something that is, uh, you know, a summarization, generation of a text, which is extremely helpful, can be a very, very uh, timely and effective in one portion of the entire amount of uh, capabilities that, that these uh, applications have. Um, now, there's also, as companies um and and i i want to i want to talk about companies because we talk about a lot about users of chat gpt and open ai for example but that is not a true representation because a lot of us are going to have um very basic needs uh for technology we want to write a letter and we don't we we're procrastinating and we use generative ai and it's a huge help and we're very happy, right? But it is also it, it doesn't have an economical value that is really significant. Whereas for companies, that economic value of automating tasks, of automating day-to-day uh, -day work, or decreasing cost in um, IT infrastructure is significant. It can be, in the future, the difference between a company that is a leader or that is a, a, a lagger, or even worse, that maybe uh, will disappear. So uh, I think that from a company perspective, we see that the, the individual understanding of how interesting, engaging, and how cool a new technology is, uh, is evolving now to really analyzing deep down what is the value to an enterprise that can be generated. And so we've seen in the last few months, uh, actually weeks even, that uh, the results of these in-depth investigations are starting to surface. And with that comes a, a whole new understanding of what the enterprise AI or, or just the enterprise landscape, because remember that AI is only a means to an end. It's not... Uh, uh, Enterprise leaders, uh, company leaders are not thinking about AI specifically as I need to deploy AI. They are uh, being um, exposed to AI as a potential opportunity, but the, uh, the goal is really 
use cases, is solving problems, increase in efficiency and save costs. So that's what we've seen a, a huge shift from, yep, this seems like chat GPT can solve every problem in the world. So put it into my company and uh, I will be able to um, uh, to generate this this value to, okay, I can see that uh, it's good for some things, but not good for everything. So we're back to uh, understanding a, a much finer uh, granularity of understanding of what it is and what it is not. It's, it's almost like imagine that uh, we were out of focus looking at uh, this product and and all of a sudden the the enterprise leaders have increased the focus and now they can see clearly and they see oh, okay it makes sense right it's a it's a hammer not a screwdriver uh, so I'm not going to use the hammer for everything I need to do around the uh, uh, around the company I I love that um, that last reference right there of things coming into focus and it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes uh, which is that. You know, to somebody that only has a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I think that's something that we saw with ChatGPT and generative AI is you want to use it because you're so excited about it and you try to deploy ChatGPT uh, or generative AI or you know whatever software because you're excited about the actual software. And that's a technologist thing to do is I'm excited about this technology. I want to use it as much as possible. I find applications. And as we zoom out, but uh, but hone in on our focus uh, with the enterprise, we're now seeing, well, it's not about the technology so much. It's about the problem and how we solve that and what technology or what technological platform can enable that solution. So the means to the end, I think, is, is such an important um, point that you brought up. And now kind of circling back to things coming into focus, I think it's important for us to maybe add some definitions here around the terms that we use frequently, which um, for today's conversation, it's consumer or prosumer grade AI and enterprise AI. Um, I think a simple definition, at least from my perspective, and I'd welcome your, your feedback or addition to this, Joel, when I'm thinking about consumer, prosumer, great AI, I'm thinking about kind of general purpose or very single use applications of AI, like you had mentioned before, summarization, um, generalization, general, oh my gosh, uh, generating, how about that, generating content for blog posts or for emails or, you know, asking uh, uh, the software to maybe give an outline of a topic so that I can do more further research on it. Very, very specific use cases. Now, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think that makes sense. And, and, and consumer product tend to be, there's always the, the opposite forces in in a product so if you have something that is very well defined very specific into the usage of that product then it's also going to be generic and applicable and therefore usable by a, a large uh large population of users so there's a, a notion of volume with this exact same functionality uh, so I, th I, I totally agree with the, the definition and how generic a consumer product is. And that's not to disparage the product. That's just saying it's found volume and it's found use, useful um, 
I guess, reasons to have that product in so many people's hands, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Users' hands in this case, not companies per se. Yeah, for sure. And this is, this is really, um, it's, uh, it's, it's back to what does, what problem does it solve? A consumer uh, product is going to solve the same problem for a lot of people. Uh, and, uh, and it's, it's difficult to do. I, I, you're right. I don't want to people come away with the idea or the impression that consumer grade is a different level or is you know better or worse. It's it, it's not the case. It's a it's simply different parameters, different environment, different context. That uh, from a market and from an industry perspective, it's simply important to be aware of. Absolutely. And so as we flip the coin and we now look at the enterprise AI, uh, a definition that I've been running with, and again, I welcome you to challenge or expand it, is it's AI that is designed for specific business tasks. It's domain specific, whether that means um, an industry, so it's, it's focused on this specific industry uh, problems and challenges. It's extremely secure and it's at privacy at the very forefront to adhere with strict either regulatory or enterprise uh, uh, rule sets and, and, um, and by, uh, guidelines and boundaries. And uh, I think finally, it's something that can be maybe tailored or catered or even custom made or bespoke made for a customer or company or a specific use case. Um, I'm going to kick it to you to maybe help expand that if you need to. Yeah, I think that uh, definitely it's it's more purpose built or more flexible in how it can be deployed. Uh, obviously, in enterprise grade software, there will be some solutions that will have a product as a base and then a very heavy professional services component to deploy this into the enterprise. Um, but it's it's still a, a very important point that essentially this becomes part of the company infrastructure. Of course, there are some uh, different you know, shades of gray on the enterprise and, and, and the grade. So one thing that I want to talk about to put things in perspective is, uh, first of all, the different types of cloud technologies, because I think it's, it's very important. Most consumer-based products, or let's call it level one uh, enterprise grade, uh, level one being the, the lowest grade, and then we're going to go up to... Uh, to level three or four. Level one grade for enterprise is also public cloud uh, offerings, meaning that it's uh, it's going to be something that is available to employees in the company. And this is where OpenAI and and uh, and their latest release would, would fit into category. So it's a public um, uh, cloud offering. It has some enterprise characteristics, so that's why we can define it, but it's still very much close to the consumer model, right? With the volume, with the genericity of, of the solution. Um, then we also have uh, private cloud. So private cloud 
is not necessarily in the company four walls, uh, it's, uh, but it's segregated. So the cloud provider will be providing some, uh, some assurance that the data, the compute, everything is maybe in a data center or multiple data centers um, uh, under that, that provider of, of cloud technology, but it's very clearly secured. And that's a private cloud uh, environment. And then there is on-premise. So on-premise is uh, not necessarily the old definition of on-premises where we have a server somewhere in an office and or we even install uh, software on, on everyone's uh, uh, laptop or desktop computer. Uh, this is really a private company-owned data center. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, you know, nowadays, it's much more important to have uh, a, a single pane of glass or single platform it, so that all the technology can be deployed in all areas, on-premises uh, and uh, private cloud and public cloud. So that's, I wanted to clarify that this is what I mean by on-premises. So which means that, for example, uh, a, a Kubernetes uh, distribution, which is a container uh, orchestration technology, for those who are not familiar with the details of cloud computing. Um, so this is available now nowadays in public cloud, in private cloud, and on-premises. And so when we look at the complexity of enterprise-grade software, uh, these elements are, are really important. And as we get into level two, level three of enterprise-grade um, uh, difficulty and uh, advancement, right, it's where we're going to have a much higher degree of control, much higher degree of possibility to customize, much higher degree of possibility to configure, and much more secure environment, uh, and, and therefore an ability for the technology uh, that is being provided to the enterprise to be completely immersed in the company infrastructure. And so that means that uh, at that point, uh, the company can use their own data, their own processes, their own third-party uh, tools that are within their four walls or within their private uh, cloud distribution and can really um, gain a competitive advantage because they can uh, tailor the solution to what their business need and they can the better job they do the more of a competitive edge that they will get so i think that this is uh, uh hopefully this this helps painting a picture of of the depth of where the enterprise uh, grade uh, is going versus uh, the first level of enterprise grade which is simply adding a bit more robust features to a consumer-like product I think that certainly helps to paint the picture of what an enterprise level organization is is looking for when it comes to technology products. If if we understand how an enterprise is thinking about the way they run their technology and the way that they manage their data, well now we're able to then expand that and say okay, well, if this is well, let's use the example of a a, a company using private cloud um, if if it needs to be private, 
across the enterprise, that completely shuts off so many products from being allowed to be used in the organization. And, and so we, we need to make sure that as technology software and, and platform providers, we are able to adhere to their, uh, their needs. Otherwise, we're left out of the equation entirely. And as a, a company that's servicing and selling into the enterprise, that has to be, I guess, square one. That's the prerequisite is the ability to play by those rules or to be deployed private, public or on premise. Absolutely. And I think that uh, what uh, what we see in those cases between a level one enterprise grade and uh, and, and deeper level or, or higher level of uh, sophistication of enterprise grade is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, because uh, it in one way, it may look very similar on the surface. So for example, uh, certain capabilities will be exposed to uh, a user in a consumer-like uh, fashion, but what's behind it is completely different. So behind it, you will have the entire infrastructure uh, run and operated by the enterprise uh, versus shared and available uh, in uh, somewhere in the world on a on a public cloud. So that's uh, that that's a huge difference between uh, between the two offerings absolutely and and I, I think if we kind of peel the layers back slightly it all comes down to security privacy and compliance there may be more factors there but I think those are three extremely critical things for us to discuss and that the enterprise is always keeping in mind um, let's define those terms as it relates to technology and as it relates to AI, because security and privacy, you know, those can mean so many different things. Um, but when we're thinking about business and technology, let's define what that means. Absolutely. So security is uh, in very simply is the ability to protect um, a company's asset from any intruder that are unauthorized to gain access to this asset. That's um, in simple terms what that means. Um, now, security can be accomplished in many different ways. It can be light security. So, for example, if I have a, a, an asset that is not so valuable, I'm not going to need to put very high barrier of security to protect that asset because... Any bad actor may not be interested in spending that much effort to, to gain access. Now, the more valuable the asset becomes and the more secure the protection needs to be because now the motivation of bad actor increases drastically. So that's, uh, that's why security will have, depending on what asset is being protected, will have different all-adequate Right? There's no such thing as too much or uh, too much security or bad security. And any security helps and is positive. So, so for example, if um, the, uh, the data that is being uh, uh, protected is uh, generic email communications or uh, a blog generation that, that will be 
public at some point anyway. Uh, that is, the consequences of, of that data to leak is fairly small. So uh, in those circumstances, technology such as encryption uh, will do the trick. In the case where we have uh, uh, in regulated industries such as financial services or law or um, healthcare, the consequences of data leakage is, uh, is much higher. So that's why there is not only uh, a, a need for security, but there is a need for standards and uh, policies that are um, specific to each industries. And therefore, that's, that's where regulations are born based on, on that. So now the, uh, the, the compliance to these regulations is, is one of the other terms that we want to define. Right? So it's the ability to ensure that a company is following these policies so that um, users, consumers, employees, any stakeholder in a company can have um, the right level of security applied to the right value based on the value of, of what they're trying to protect. So the more, to, to summarize, the more, the higher the value of the asset, the higher the security needs to be. And the higher the security needs to be, it's probably a good idea to have some sort of regulations and compliance to make sure that there isn't a wide uh, differences in interpretation of what that security needs to be. And so uh, uh, surprises then for customers, consumers that will then um, uh, might have felt misled if they trusted an organization with their data. And then they, they come to learn that uh, the level of security applied was not as uh, uh, was not as, uh, you know, as high as they thought. Absolutely. So we covered security and compliance, and I'll just cover privacy real quick. So privacy and security are very, you know, close cousins, um, but they're different in nature. Privacy, it's more of identifying um, uh, information, not general information, but uh, information that can be linked to an individual or an organization. And so we want to make sure that uh, not only uh, general data is being and general assets and IP is being protected through security, we want to make sure that as individuals uh, that uh, we can have some sense of, uh, of, of comfort knowing that our personal information, which could be a risk to ourselves, our businesses, our companies, um, is not going to be shared widely. Um, uh, and uh, voluntarily to third parties for, you know, even simple things like advertising. Uh, or if they are being shared, we want to know about it. So that's what is, is, uh, is governed under privacy uh, uh, techniques at the lower level, uh, regulations at the next level, and laws at the higher level. And so for privacy, there is a component of compliance as well. Absolutely. And that, that's, I think, so critical. Um, many of us don't think about that. We just assume everything is taken care of, and that's, that's not the case. And speaking of assumptions, um, I want to, to cover something and kind of circle back to, to what you said at the top of this episode, which is um, 
hallucinations and I guess what output looks like out of generative AI, but this can, can be kind of expanded, I think, just to talk about AI in general. When we're talking about the enterprise, there is a there is a absolute, I guess, uh, let me let me reframe this here. When we're talking about the enterprise, there's a need for everything that is generated or or produced by that AI to be explainable, to be transparent, to be observable. And prosumer, consumer grade AI doesn't necessarily do that. So um, in in uh, the AI world, explainable means everything that is generated by the AI should be able to be understood and explained. How did this response come to be? Uh, transparency means how how are the models chosen? What does you know what models were used um, and, and so on? And um, observable again is this being able to go back and see like how did this uh, answer this output, this response come to be. ChatGPT doesn't do that. Um, I don't believe the uh, ChatGPT Enterprise Edition will do that either. Um, What does that mean for use in the business? And what does that mean as business leaders are looking at, you know, deploying such product in their business? What do they need to know? So what they need to know is, uh, first of all, that to to acknowledge those those limitations, to be well aware of these limitations. So, for example, uh, in order to be compliant with certain regulations, where uh, an originator of a piece of information needs to be identified, tracked, and uh, uh, traceable, and so. They need to know that using a product that does not provide a level of transparency and uh, uh, and does not provide explainable AI means that it will be extremely hard to meet certain compliance requirements. So it it doesn't mean that uh, it that the product cannot be used. It means that they need to walk in it with eyes wide open in knowing what is it's going to do to their regulations that they need to meet. And this is something where it will it will take a bit of time for auditors to catch up. Um, but very quickly, they'll see that uh, an issue will arise, uh, a, a prompt will be or a conversation, an interaction with an AI product will be uh, in breach of a regulation. And then the company will not be able to know potentially where that came from, uh, will not be able to know how to avoid that moving forward, uh, and uh, will have a, a tremendous amount of risk to uh, built into their, their strategy and, and, and budget um, uh, moving forward. Whereas with enterprise grades product that have that level of, uh, of, of visibility, and that level of control uh, will be able to not only explain what happened, but will be able to add steps, uh, add um, AI models and processes to ensure compliance and ensure that these issues that may, may arise not only are traceable, trackable, but avoidable. So that's that's just one 
one aspect around the uh, the explainability and, and traceability. The other aspect is for any product, we want to start small. So especially with disruptive technology, want to start in one part of the organization. And then we want to, as the technology has proven the value that it provides, we want to be able to build on it so that we can multiply that competitive advantage. Um, and so that's where an enterprise-grade product will have the ability to, um, to expand. So you can uh, configure, you can add new use cases, you can add and, and plug in into existing infrastructure, uh, whereas a consumer-grade product uh, will be limited. So it will do what it was designed to do very well. But the company providing the consumer-grade or um, entry-level enterprise-grade product will not have any economical incentive into uh, catering to a com company or an enterprise-specific requirements. So that's also something to, to know because data is, uh, is the new gold, as we've said m multiple times. And so if a company invests in, in having the right data to be exposed to uh, their AI solutions, and then if they need to change system completely, that can be extremely painful, extremely costly. So those are just a, a couple of things to keep in mind. The list could be very, very long. So uh, uh, again, we're always ha happy to answer questions. We have a lot of customers um, calling us and asking us these questions. Uh, we have a lot of partnerships. Uh, we we figure these things out with our customers in regulated uh, industries, and so would be happy to uh, to answer any questions. I'm sure. A lot of a lot of people have a lot of questions, just like we had to figure uh, our journey out in the last four years. Wonderful. Well, I think this is actually a really good point here for us to maybe put a, a cap on the pen today and and close out this conversation. But uh, this was this was extremely valuable, Joel, and it's opened my eyes a bit on how to consider the use of AI. Um, in you know, large enterprise organizations and just understanding the difference between that consumer prosumer grade and the enterprise grade. And I think my takeaway is a consumer product can be used um, by a wide range of people, but all typically for the same or a very similar set of reasons. Whereas an enterprise is going to be tailored, it's going to be specific, it's going to uh, live within the the four walls of that company's technology ecosystem, where a consumer grade product will always be a satellite. It'll always be utilized from uh, an external source, typically some type of public cloud system, which has limitations in terms of security, privacy, compliance, and all these things that we discussed a few minutes ago. Absolutely, really uh, uh, great, great summary. And uh, I think that my, my takeaway and uh, uh, parting words will be in the enterprise uh, before embarking on a major disruption in the uh, infrastructure, it's important to really assess both what are today's needs, what are today's use cases and, and problems that need to be solved, but also where does the, uh, the company needs to evolve and to look at both their business needs down the road 
to look at how technology will continue to evolve and more crit critically and sometimes uh, overlooked, where are regulations going to evolve? Uh, because something that can be get uh, that 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 companies will get away with in the next uh, two three years, uh, they will not get away with in in five to ten years. So uh, this is something to to keep in mind, and uh, uh, we're we're always here to and happy to answer any questions um, along those lines. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Joel. There you have it, everybody. We'll be back with more AI news updates and uh, conversations very soon. Thank you, Patrick.